It's time for JT the Brick. Hi. I don't like to go to Kansas City a lot. I'm not saying it's a great atmosphere. I've been there and done that. This week is all about the Chiefs, and we know it's the toughest game on the schedule, JT. Every year, if you've been listening to me for 20 minutes or over 20 years, you know I freak out about misdirection. Misdirection is the word I use during the Kansas City week because that's what Kansas City does because it works against this organization up until now. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. JT the Brick. You play the game like you're trying to win. Within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard. Act like a fan, but come in sharp and smart and put together the game plan here over the next couple of days and give me your impression on how the Raiders win this game. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a Wednesday, which is one of my favorite shows of the week. I really appreciate Wednesdays. We got really good insiders. Vinny Bonsignor joins us every week. Bill Williamson every two weeks. Bill's been covering the Raiders longer than anybody in this market. He's got great sources. Tyvon Branch, former safety for the Raiders, and nice career with the Raiders. Raider Nation knows him. He's going to join us. I haven't talked to him I don't since 2008, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's been a while. Can't wait to talk to him. And then on top of that, Bob Fesco. From behind enemy lines in Kansas City, he's one of the big wigs on the radio there. The rule is I have to go on his show. He comes on my show. Man, I go on a lot of radio shows you don't know about. I'm not a punching bag. I don't go in there and watch him laugh about the Raiders. I go in there flaming hot to try to defend the Raider Nation. I did it yesterday. I'm doing it today. I'm doing it tomorrow. And, hey, did you check out our new podcast Raiders Roundtable. It's up at Raiders.com. We'll be doing that every Tuesday. New content. Q Myers, Lincoln Kennedy, and myself. That will be a lot of fun. We're enjoying it. A lot of good feedback already. And we didn't even know really what we were doing initially. We had a plan in place, but I like the format. The format is we talk for a while. We get Lincoln up. Lincoln goes big for about 15, 20 minutes. And then we go around the league and talk about standings and other teams and all that. So, please, you know, podcasts are interesting. I do a few of them. It takes a lot of work at times to do them, and they don't work unless you listen to them or subscribe. So my podcast I do with Looney, JT and Looney, I just ask people, click on a button. Just subscribe. If you listen to every other one, we'd appreciate it because we're in a world of everybody has a podcast now. Bobby, I'm surprised you don't have one on rock and roll or old strip bars or something you're really good at or the Red Sox. Everybody's got a bleeping podcast. And the only reason these podcasts work is if you get them in the rotation. So please click on and listen as we're brought to you by Golden Entertainment. I was just at the Stratosphere. They own, you know, the company that owns all these PTs own the Stratosphere. They got entertainment. They got restaurants. They got the PTs right there off the lobby. They got everything there. You can watch sports there, the William Hill Sportsbook. So please check out the Strat if you're heading that way downtown and see what they've done. It's a great place to be, and they fuel the monologue as we get going. So here's what I can do here right out of the gate. We got Josh McDaniels queued up. He's speaking live. I think you'd rather hear from the coach than me. I need a break from myself. My wife waves when I leave the house like, take your time coming home, okay? So I'd like to hear the head coach. I'm interviewing him tomorrow. So I want to hear what he has to say, and it's happening now. So we'll cue that up, and our point of order today from the callers, the great fans of the Raider Nation, is give me one thing on how they win this game. That's not low-hanging fruit because – You've all failed that test. You've all flunked that course multiple times. You all call me every year twice, two chief games. Oh, we're going to run it. Oh, we're going to do Oh, really? How'd that work out? So we got a new regime here. 
that's had success against the Chiefs. Josh McDaniels has had tremendous success with Belichick against the Chiefs. They got the plays. Josh McDaniel has all the plays that Brady ran with Gronk and all those guys. Misdirection plays that Kansas City likes to run. And I think Patrick Graham has been burning the midnight oil to try to find a way to slow down this team because they don't have Tyreek Hill. The biggest thing I will say here is thank God Tyreek Hill isn't there. Thank God. Because we can't stop him, haven't been able to do it. It's almost impossible. In the history of the Raiders, I, I, I know the history. Talk to Raider Mort every day. Go back to the first games in 1960. You name me two other players other than Tyreek Hill who gave the Raiders nightmare. Try it. Name me two. Who would it be? I'll go first. LaDainian Tomlinson, Hall of Famer. Tyreek Hill. And then maybe you go back in the 70s. I don't have the career record of John Elway against the Raiders, but he was really hard to prepare for. But without a doubt, on your Mount Rushmore, because there's four presidents on Mount Rushmore, not five, on the all-time Raider opponents in Raider history, it's LaDainian Tomlinson and Tyreek Hill. You can't move those guys. Well, Tomlinson's retired in the Hall of Fame, and Tyreek Hill's gone. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Now the Raiders have to guard Kelsey. They haven't proved to me that they can. If you're telling me Divine Diablo is going to guard him, call in the National Guard right now. Now, what we have to do, what I'd like Divine Diablo to do, and if Perryman hopefully clears protocol, is to someone basically to punch Kelsey in the mouth, not literally, but jack him up at the line of scrimmage and just do your job. I don't care what you do after that. If he gets by you, just slow him down you know, 0.8 seconds, 1.1 seconds, just put your hands on Kelsey and slow him down. If you can do that. And then the rest is just make the sign, pray, and hope that Kelsey isn't running around. Because what Kelsey does better than anybody I've ever seen is that when Mahomes gets outside the pocket, Kelsey keeps working. He keeps working the way the Raider defense didn't work against Kyler Murray. Remember when Kyler Murray got outside the pocket? And it looked like a child, a toddler who stole a cell phone at a pool party and no one could get him? Well, they don't they didn't work that well. Arizona wasn't running around. Raiders couldn't stop Kyler Murray. It wasn't that everybody else was running free. Raiders did a pretty good job on that. The Raiders now have to guard Kelsey once the play breaks down. And you know, what did Kyler Murray have a 20-second play? He had a play that went 20 seconds. Mahomes can do that too. So it's a Mad Max game. It's a Chandler Jones game. For everybody who's been busting the blank of Chandler Jones, this would be the good week to just point out Chandler Jones. As Lincoln calls him number 55. Didn't mention his name for the first few games and then he showed up. I think Chandler Jones is a hell of a player. And here's why this is important for Chandler. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. He is. He's like Richard Seymour, a lot of other guys. And he doesn't, you know, he's a guy that's on, his quest is to get into the Hall of Fame. Well, he's not going to get into the Hall of Fame unless he comes to the Raiders and does something for two years. Now, Warren Sapp, before he came to the Raiders, and Sapp played hard. Sapp's had some personal transgressions in his life and some personal issues, but I was there for that, and Sapp played hard. He really did. I thought Justin Tuck, when he came to the Raiders, played really hard. I think Seymour played hard for a while. He didn't play great. And the Raiders have been known over the decades for taking guys on their last legs and bringing them in. And some of them have been unbelievable. Not that he was on his last legs. Do you remember how great Rod Woodson was? Rod Woodson played in Pittsburgh 
and could have retired and gone to the Hall of Fame. He went to Baltimore and won a Super Bowl. Then he came to the Raiders and was really good, right? Those are the guys at the end of their career. I'd like to see, we should get Rod on. Actually, that's a good idea. We should get Rod on here because Rod would be good to talk about end-of-career guy like Chandler Jones. See, Chandler Jones, to me, is playing like it's the end of his career, and he's getting paid like he's in the middle of his career. Does that make sense? I think it does. So Chandler Jones, I think, is going to play big. I think that Chandler Jones plays with pride, poise, with dignity. I think he's off to a slow start this year, and he can clean it all up in Kansas City on Monday Night Football. You would think it's Monday Night Football. The whole world's watching. Chandler Jones would want to show up for that game. So I just gave you one thing here. Stop Kelsey. Now, the toughest analysis that we have this year is always this game on the road because we don't know what to do. Do we want to run it or throw it? I'd like to throw it. Why'd we bring in Devontae and Waller and pay Waller the bag? Why? Are you afraid to go toe-to-toe with this team and get in a shootout? Now, if you don't want to get in the shootout and give it back to Josh Jacobs for 144 yards, his stats inside running are fabulous, man. This guy running inside is a beast. That's a good plan. Start off with running the ball. And if he takes off and he's running well and the Raiders are up 14, 13 at the half, make adjustments or not. But why can't the Raiders go into Arrowhead and go, your offensive line isn't great, our offensive line isn't great, we have better targets than you have, with all due respect to Kelsey, and our quarterback has proven in Kansas City that he can hang with Mahomes and let's get in a shootout. Because the answer's simple. The Raiders don't have the secondary to hang with Mahomes. They don't have it yet, and Dave Ziegler's trying to build that the way that John Gruden and Mike Mayock tried to do it, and now this new regime is going to do it. So Trayvon Merrick seems to be a staple. They traded for Rocky Yassin, and they got Nate Hobbs. So in theory, I don't know how good Yassin is yet, and we saw Meek Robertson play well with a big scoop-and-score play. But I think the Raiders have two cornerstone players for the Dave Ziegler era going forward that Dave Ziegler did not draft, and that would be Trayvon Merrick and Nate Hobbs. Do we all agree? Those are the two guys that you want to build the next Soul Patrol with. Soul Patrol. You want those two guys to be the two out of the four. Jonathan Abrams got approved this year because they didn't pick up his contract extension that he could make the team or not. I'll stay out of that one. And then the other corner, we had Casey Hayward, and Rocky Asin. And maybe next year there's a better corner on the market and they go get them. But I think two cornerstone players are Trayvon Merrig and Nate Hobbs. Those guys got to play well in this game. It's Mahomes. They didn't play well against Tannehill. Tannehill scored on the first three drives, throwing the ball over the middle of the field, wide open, and letting Derrick Henry run the ball. I think Kansas City, we all agree, is better than Tennessee. So there are concerns here. If you get in a shootout, I think the Vegas odds makers would say advantage Kansas City. Kansas City, Clyde's Edward Hilaire, they got running backs who can play. I think the Raiders have an advantage with Josh Jacobs, you would agree, especially coming off the last game. Now, I don't know how banged up Josh is because he played a lot of he had a lot of touches in that game. So they I, I don't care if he practices at all this week. He's got to be fresh going into Monday night. So I think the Raiders have an opportunity to be more balanced in Kansas City. As Chris in West Oakland always calls in and says, and I agree with them, whenever you run the ball against the Raiders, you're doing the Raiders a favor. You are. When you throw the ball against the Raiders, you have an opportunity to make big plays. And that's what Mahomes has done in the past. 
So am I confident the Raiders can win the game? Yeah, I am. I think the Raiders can play a game and divide it into two halves. We've had these games where they've played one half. Let's assume it's the first half in this game. They come out fresh, ready to go, and the game is manageable. Then they go into the locker room. I like Josh Jacobs' adjustments with his staff, and Andy Reid is really good. And then we'll play a chess match, and maybe it'll come down to a kick. And the Raiders got good kickers and a great punter. But this is going to be a fierce physical game. Physicality is going to be very important in this game. Number 702-365-9200. I'm looking for one key to the game. The next two shows. Tomorrow I'll be live at the Shriners Children's Open. We'll be at the golf course on the hill if you get a chance to see us. Uh, Friday I'm off for the Simon Keefe uh, golf tournament here, one of the biggest ones in town. I'm emceeing that. And uh, Harry Ruiz will be sitting in a little bit here. We have some best of programming. we got some other stuff coming down the pipe, so I'm excited about that. Josh McDaniel speaking to the media out in Henderson. Well, we're uh, obviously well into Kansas City. Um, this will be a, uh, <clears throat> a big challenge. Uh, they uh, very well coached. Obviously, Coach Reed's been doing it for a long time. Um, got a really good staff. Uh, a lot of good players on uh, both sides of the ball, all three phases in the kicking game. Um, you know, they really, uh, they've uh, obviously played a couple games where they've been able to get away from some people here early and uh, get off to a good start and really, you know, put some pressure on you to keep up. Uh, you know, so we're going to, it's going to take, um, you know, a really good effort from all three phases. Um, we need a good week of practice here. Uh, the guys came in with a good attitude today, ready to get started, and you know got an extra day, which is a good thing uh, for this team. Uh, they they do a lot of things, so it'll be good for us to have an extra opportunity to work. Josh, you guys brought in uh, Blake Martinez. Um, is he something that you can see helping out short term, um, maybe even on Monday night? Um, I, you know, all the practice squad guys are gonna. You know, they're all. I would say available and 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 preparing uh, as if they were going to play. Um, you know, uh, as you saw, you know we had to ele- we've elevated somebody every week, so it's been um, you know pretty pretty consistent for us relative to injuries or how we need to play the game. We've had to elevate some people, so um, you know, uh, I feel like Blake has an opportunity to help us. Obviously, he he's a he's somewhat familiar with with Patrick's defense and the terminology and those kind of things. So we'll see how it goes, um, you know, and again, see what we need to do with the rest of the team based on the health, you know, um, that we have on Monday. So um, all those guys would have an opportunity to potentially help us. Yeah, he's. Uh, you'll see Hunter out there today. Um, we're we're in a non-contact, um, you know, phase at this point. So, um, again, just going one step at a time, and hopefully he can um, progress through that. But um, you know, we'll take it as it as they tell us to to take it. Taking you back a little bit to the 2019 AFC Championship game when you faced the Chiefs, what were a couple of things just from that game with this Chiefs team? A lot of those pieces still there. What were some things that you kind of learned about that team from that game? Um, you know, we <laughs> you you get out in front of them, and um, you know, and then all of a sudden they come roaring back, and you know, I I think we were up 14 nothing, and um, you know, scored they scored 31 points in the second half, and. Um, you just got to keep playing, you know. Um, I think this team is uh, under Coach Reed. I mean, they they're gonna they're gonna keep firing bullets, and you know you have to keep playing and keep you know 
trying to, to slow them down defensively and try to score offensively to get out in front of them. Uh, they usually end up with an edge in the kicking game. You know, they have great specialists, great returners. Uh, Coach Tubb does a great job, you know, in that area too. So um, there's really you, – you can never relax, you know. And I, I remember that game being one of those scenarios where – you're probably going to be physically, mentally, and emotionally spent at the end of the game, you know, whatever the result is, because it's just so hard to go in there and beat them, you know. And, um, you know, the quarterback's special player, you know, and um, they got a lot of good football players on their team. And uh, like I said, Andy does a great job. So, um, you know, there's never a moment where you can relax. And I think that was a good example. You know, I've, I've lived through it. Um, but obviously we have a different team now, and uh, they have a new team, you know, different players. So... Uh, we'll see how it goes, but there's definitely an element of you're going to need to play every single minute of the game. Like you know, that play could be the one that determines the outcome because you never know when it when it's going to be the one. Obvious uh, when you play against him that you could watch all the film on Mahomes you want, but it's just those three or four plays that you just can't like the other the other day with the 360. And can you just talk about that? How difficult it becomes because you can't you don't really know when it might happen. Yeah, you just have to be. You know, look, he's going to make some plays. You know, that's not a um, it's not going to be a mystery. Um, there's going to be some things that he does in the game that, you know, he's a great player, you know, and I think that, you know, it's just, you know, when you, when you play a great player in any sport, you know, they're going to, they're going to produce some moments like that during the course of the game. I think the biggest thing is you just have to try to be consistent and disciplined in your approach. And, you know, if you can keep playing and have the right idea and, you know, make it as hard as you can on them. Uh, I think everybody tries to do that, you know, some may have more success than others, but, you know, you're not going to stop this guy from, you know, doing some really, you know, good things for their team. That's just the nature of this sport, and he's that kind of player. So, um, you know, just make it as tough as we can on them. That's what we're going to try to do, and, um, you know, hope they, you know, try to make them have to earn everything that they get. And, uh, you know, but, again, you can't get discouraged because he makes a great play. I mean, there's probably going to be a few of those, and, you got. That's why you know it's a team sport, and you know we're gonna have to come back and you know score some points on our end too. So, um, you know, it's it's just one of those things you're gonna have to live with sometimes. Sometimes they are the masters of misdirection. How important is gap integrity and in guys staying where they're supposed to be and not letting their eyes deceive them this week? Yeah, really important. Um, you know. We they we use the phrase eye candy. You know, it's like they you know they, they want you to look over here, and then all of a sudden the ball's over here, and you're you're kind of you know what, what happened. You know, so um, you know what has always impressed me about them is how way how well they execute those things. Um, everybody kind of giggles and laughs when you see them. You know, throw an underhand pass to a fullback on a shovel pass or. Um, you know, Kelsey lines up at quarterback in the red zone and then, you know, runs the ball in or runs an option or shovel pad, whatever it is. And, you know, people kind of get a kick out of that. What's always impressed me is how precise they are and how detailed they are when they do those things. Um, you know, and look, players like to run things that are fun. You know, that's what they, 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 they enjoy that. And, and Andy has always been somebody that you, as an offensive coach, you watch, you know, their things and you say, you know, can we can we steal that from them or would we or would we call that you know and some things are no you know like is you don't feel comfortable enough but uh, they obviously they got they got a great system they have a great staff um, come up with a lot of really unique creative ideas um, 
And for us defensively, it's just going to be whatever your assignment is, you have to do it and you have to trust the other 10. You know, you can't start trying to do somebody else's job or you really get out of position and, and they can hurt you quick. So uh, that'll be a big part of the game on Monday night. Josh, you had uh, Josh, Josh Jacobs uh, run the ball quite a bit. You're still with your depth. It's, it's been sparingly hit or miss. Samir had a big run. What are you learning personally in terms of about your running back's room? You kept so many. Yep. And when at some point you have to incorporate them more, I can't imagine Josh can go 17 games with the lion's share. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, this is, first of all, the number we kept is normal for us. I mean, we, we would probably almost always, because I, I count kind of Jakob in the tight end room, if you will. Um, but the, the number is, is about normal for us. I'd say relative to Josh and his, his, his workload, I think he'll tell us, you know, when it, when it needs to be adjusted a little bit. And, and, uh, again, I said it the other day, JJ's one of those guys who doesn't, you know, I've been around some guys that run two or three carries and then give you one of these and come out for a play or two. And JJ just doesn't have that, you know, he wants to stay out there, you know, it's almost like he gets better as the drive goes, you know, and, um, you know, I think we'll just we'll be smart again. The limited number of carries we ended up with in the first few few weeks, you know, will probably help us here as we get going. You know, we'll play Monday, then we have the bye. So uh, it's always been one of those things where you kind of reassess it every few weeks and make sure that you know somebody's body's not breaking down if they're carrying the ball quite a bit. Um, but you know, we'll use that depth. I'd say when it's when it's probably the right time to do it. Um, but I just think he, you know, if you got a player that's playing at, at a high level and playing very well at that position, it's really hard to take him off the field. On the side note, you know, when you say you look at your player, wait for them to give you the high sign or whatever, with what's going on in the NFL with concussion, when do you have to step in and say, no, 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 you're coming out? Yeah, we've, when we did that a couple of times the other day, you know, we just, you know, give him a, a rest on our own. But, um, you know, I, I just, again, I think, there's a lot of people that play all the snaps in the game, you know, the left tackle, the right tackle. You know, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people that play a lot of snaps. Derek obviously plays every one of them. Devonte generally plays all of them. So, um, you know, you just be smart about it. Each position coach is down there on the field with us, so we can see when they need a a break. Kennedy uh, threw Zamir and Brandon in a few times the other day when he could tell that even if he didn't want to come out, it was probably time for him to do that. But um, you know, just being smart about when we think it's time for them to do it because some guys will push themselves past the point of when it's smart and then, you know, maybe they're a little tired and miss something on the next play. So just just try to, you know, do it one play at a time. Josh, there's been a lot of speculation that the league's going to do some adjusting to protocols and keeping guys in there longer for player safety, which is understandable. Have you heard anything directly yet from the league? Not yet. Um you know, but I would say whatever they whatever they do, um, it's for the right reasons. Um, there's nothing more important than the health of the team. We talked about that this morning. So, you know, we've had a few here in a few weeks. You know, I you know I don't think we're doing anything different on game day than anybody else is doing. Um, but you know, when the players feel uh, don't feel either themselves or don't feel right, you know, we're urging them to make sure that they communicate that and do the right thing for their health. Um, but whatever they tell us to do relative to the protocol, I think that's uh, if it changes, then that's the right thing to do and, you know, protect the players.
All right, that's a portion of Josh McDaniel's press conference live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. The entire press conference will be on the Raiders media platforms at Raiders.com, their Twitter, their Facebook page. You could take a look at all that. Brought to you by Redtail at Resorts World, and they have a great viewing party coming up on Monday. Las Vegas Weekly's annual tailgate party is back and bigger than ever. Cheer on Las Vegas as they play at Kansas City. Complimentary cocktails will be served. You won't want to miss this. Our great partner, Resorts World, they have the Doghouse Saloon, where I host my Monday night football show, and then they also have Red Tail right outside Zook Nightclub. Go there if you're looking for a place to watch the game. That is a great choice on that side of town. Locals can park for free. I always say this with my friend Scott Sabella, who's the president of Resorts World. JT, remind everybody they can park for free, come to these massive concerts, the restaurants, sports-related events there all the time. You know I love 8 Cigar Lounge. I'm always there. And Red Tail's fantastic, our proud partner there. So Monday night with Las Vegas Weekly, their viewing party, as you can head out there. When we come back, we got a couple insiders coming up. But first, a former Raiders safety who played well. Tyvon Branch will join us. Played for the Oakland Raiders 2008 through 2014 before he went to Kansas City and wrapped it up with Arizona. Good player. From the Cuse in college. And uh, he went to Connecticut, but he was from Syracuse. We'll have a great conversation with him coming up next. No, this is the great part about the NFL. You know, you have a great platform every single week to go out there and try and, you know, showcase what you guys, what we've been working on here, you know, at, at, in this organization, in this building. You know, whether it's a game plan, whether that's the way we go about doing things, the way we practice, it's our chance to go out there. This is why we put in all this hard work during the, during the week. We put this hard work on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to go out there on Sunday or Monday night. And just, it just so happens to be a national televised game, which is, which is a great opportunity for these guys to go out there and really play fast, play hard, and have some fun. Offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi, JT, back with you whenever we have an alumni on. It's brought to you by M Resort Spa and Casino. M Resort, proud partner of Raider Nation Radio. I'm thrilled to welcome in Tyvon Branch, former safety for the Raiders. And Tyvon, great to reconnect with you. I hope you've been well. How are you? I've been great, man. How you been? Couldn't be better. Raiders got their first win. It was some tough sledding starting off 0-3. You played in the league a while. What is it like when you don't get off to that quick start, but then you get a win and you want to start to build momentum? Man, you know, uh, I mean, the team is built to get hot at any time, you know, with all the weapons they have. But, um, you know, they started off 0-3, but they could have easily been 3-0. It's just one of those things. And so, obviously, have a good team. They've been competitive every game, and um, I think they're going to get hot in the se- late in the season, and you know, and it surprised some guys come playoff time. Well, it's Chiefs week, and you played with Kansas City, but longer with the Raiders. Let's jump in and what it was like playing safety first on the road in Arrowhead, dealing with the crowd, maybe a couple of quarterbacks you went up against, and how competitive those games were when you were on the Raiders side. Oh man, you know Arrowhead is really loud. Uh, it's known for how loud it gets. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, it's different when you're out there and you're playing on defense and you can you can barely hear and uh, I mean it, it's you got to use hand signals you know it, you know how it goes when you're on the road but uh, it's a tough place to play they have a great fan base um, 
But I think I, I, I like the Raiders this week, man. I like them this week. Excellent. Tyvon Branch is our guest. Let me ask you about your career playing center field where you could pick off a ball but coming into the box and being a really hard hitter. How would you describe your actual position? There's a free safety, a strong safety, and you were kind of a hybrid that could do it all. I remember at times you were making plays like linebackers in the prime of your career. How would you describe your play? Um, yeah, I used to love playing in the box, man. I, mm-hmm. I, I like to play physical. Uh, you know, I miss those days. The game doesn't evolve a lot. You know, they – the, the days of the conventional box safety are gone now. So, um, you know, you got kind of have to be the hybrid safety these days and, and do a little bit of both. Yeah, I like you sharing that. I want to stay on that. So, you know, Travis Kelsey is there. Jonathan Abram coming up and playing in the box or Trayvon Merrick playing center field, making sure no one gets behind him. You played in a time when you came in, you were the 100th pick overall, fourth round for the Raiders in 2008. What did Mr. Davis want out of you? He saw your tackling skills, but I know he saw a lot of athletic ability coming out of Connecticut. Yeah, you know, I was a, a corner in college, so when they drafted me, they kind of told me that they want to put me in the box and put uh, let me play man-to-man on a lot of the tight ends and, and slot receivers. And You know, that was kind of the role that I embraced when I got there. But, um, you know, being in the box, you kind of become mm-hmm. part of the run fit as well. So the byproduct of that is I end up with a lot of tackles. <laughs> uh, tell me about what it was like to be drafted by the Raiders, a Mr. Davis story, maybe the organization at that point in time in Oakland, where they were because the Raiders in 2002 went to the Super Bowl in 2003. Mr. Davis was really taking a shot to win before he passed on, and you were a part of that there on the back end of that. What was it like when the draft came about in your vision when you came to Oakland? Uh yeah, when I when I got there, we had a good team, man. You know, mm-hmm. they yeah. were draft they they were drafting and trading people that they were trying to win. It was a win now mentality when I was out there. Um, you know, we had some good teams, but we were plagued by injury a lot. Uh, went eight and eight a few times. You know, with a lot of guys down, went through about four or five quarterbacks one year. Yeah, you know, I remember. When, um, Jason Campbell got hurt. Then uh, we brought in Carson Palmer. He got hurt. You know, it just was. It was a, it was a it was a tough run, but you know, um, Al Davis always was on the the win baby win. You know, that's what all he wanted to do was win games, and uh, he was trying to build that. Tyvon Branch is our guest, former Raider safety. Yeah, that's I thought that was a good thing. You know, Mr. Davis once he got a taste again of another Super Bowl and they lost, wanted to go back and win and continue to wheel and deal. And you nailed it, man. You were there for it. The quarterback moves when Jason went down and the Carson. Palmer move was kind of a riverboat gambling move by Hugh Jackson at the time. It was kind of like break or bust at that time, and you were in the middle of it. Yeah, for sure. And um, I thought we was going to make a run, man, you know, mm. but you can't just bring a guy in and expect him to come in and, and, and sling the ball out around. You know, he had no chemistry with the guys. You know? So it took a little while for him to get going, and then he ended up getting hurt too, I think. But um, that was I, I thought that was our year, man. We started off hot. Uh, I think McFadden was leading the league in rushing. He was, yeah. Yeah, and we was just we was clicking on all cylinders, playing good defense, and, you know, it was just unfortunate that we fell short that year. What were some of your great memories at the Oakland Coliseum, the black hole behind you when you're playing safety or if you're going in that way, you know, on a fumble recovery, an interception, and getting out of bounds or trying to get to the end zone and hearing that crowd just erupt? What was it like playing in Oakland? Oh, uh, man, there's nothing like it. You know, uh, the black hole was uh, – it's a thing of legends, you know, you, you hear about it, but once you get to see it and you get to witness it and experience it, it's, it's nothing like it. And, um, you know, that fan base out there was crazy. Uh, 
we loved every second of it. You know, wish we could have brought those the fans more wins out there because they they definitely needed it. And you know, we we left it all out in the field every game. Uh, tell me what it was like going from the Raiders to Kansas City. I've interviewed many players over the years coming from the Chiefs to the Raiders or vice versa. You think about all the teams that you would go to next would be that fierce rivalry. How'd you handle that? It's kind of one of those things, you know. Uh, who knows you better than your your, your yeah. toughest opponents, you know? Um, so. You know, I guess they kind of seen what I brought to the table out there. Kind of wanted to bring that that same energy over to their team, and um, you know, I I love playing out there in Kansas City. We we had a hot run, you know, ended up fizzling out in the playoffs against the Patriots when Tom Brady was there. But you know, it was a it was a good run, man. I had my first experience with the playoffs out there. Yeah, it was it what like everyone said against the Raiders, Raider Week. You know, this is Raider Week for Kansas City now. You know, the Raiders don't have that. Every game's a big game. They got many rivals, but Kansas City really despised the Raiders. And Marty Schottenheimer and Gunther Cunningham before that, they brought in Raider Week. What was that like preparing for the Raiders with the Chiefs uniform? You know, it's it's kind of it's the same thing for both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were playing the Chiefs, we got real riled up when I was with the Raiders and. The same thing happened when I was playing with the Chiefs. You know, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, regardless of record, whatever when you get out there on that field, there's going to be a battle between those two teams. Tell us what's going on in your life right now, Tyvon. What's going on with you and your family? What are you doing? Oh, uh, nothing, man. Enjoying retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, started a couple business ventures, but for the most part, I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I, I, I got two young kids. I got a, a boy and a girl. So. Mm-hmm. I just sit in the house and spend a lot of time with them. Isn't that great when you can be a hands-on parent like that and watch your kids grow up? I'm sure you're loving that. Oh, yeah. I love every second of it. Now, the alumni out here love you. So you're going to be out here more. We're going to see you out here in Vegas. Some road trips. When do you plan on being out here more? Yeah, I'm um, I'm in contact with Michael Huff and uh, mm-hmm. with Darren McFadden right now about trying to plan a trip out there soon. We got a chance to come out there last year, uh, the Redskins week. And, right. Um, Got to see the stadium, and, you know, my dog Marcel Reese is working on the staff now, so I got to chill with him for a little while. It was a good experience. Let me tell you, if you have the Marcel Reese hookup, you're good. All right, oh, yeah, he, he, he's, he's well-connected out there. He, sure. he is. Senior vice president, a guy who's done tremendous things uh, outside of football, now as an executive and a valued, valued component in the Raider organization. Tyvon, good to catch up with you again. Hopefully this gives the Raiders some good luck heading into Kansas City on Monday night, and I look forward to seeing you out here again. Oh, yeah, I'm excited for this week, man. I hope they, I hope they pull it off this week. Thank you. There he is, Tyvon Branch. Good to have him on. He's a good player. Really was. He was really a good safety for the Raiders for a long period of time. And he played with them and in 09, 10, in 11, he started all 16 games, and he, one year he had four sacks. Uh, you know, he's a guy who would get an interception from time to time. He's a hard hitter in the box. Really happy we were able to get him. You know, that's one of the funnest things I do all week here is I get a, a notice from the Raiders, hey, Monday we got this guy, Wednesday we got this guy, right? So it's someone maybe you haven't heard from in a while. And then on Sunday we had Fred Bolitnikoff and Tim Brown. I tweeted out those pictures, and then tomorrow I interview the coach. So I get I get a whole week of this tremendous opportunity of sharing these stories and interviewing unique people within the organization. And that was a guy I was really excited to see come up on our rundown. Passionate Raider is checking in. He calls. I put him on the radio. Uh, go ahead. Start us off today. Thank you very much, JT. Hey, Trayvon, you was one of my favorite Raiders all time, man. I used to love watching you play, man. That 33 was hitting, man. You was always there to make a play for us, man. You never let us down. But Hey, passionate. Hey, passionate. Hey. 
I need I need a win on Monday. Okay, this is a one and three thing that could get to two and three. I need a win. I, I don't need. Okay, let's get into it. We need a win here. Let's go, JT. You know we need a win, man. I didn't even pay my respect, JT. But right now, we got momentum rolling, man. I don't know. Josh's, Josh's crest has kind of got me a little, got my hands real sweaty like he was scratching his head a little bit. I hope that was just a bluff call, Josh. Because if you need me on the sidelines at this game, I'll be there to get these boys going. JT, we got to win this game, man. This is like, if this isn't like a must win, this is a must win right now in Raider Nation, man. The Chiefs have been mollywhopping us for the past few years. New resume. Josh, this is your biggest game right now, man. DC, run the ball to set up the pass. That's all we got to do. We run the ball, set up the pass, and put Mahomes on his ass. He has to go down hard. He needs one of those tackles like Max Crosby gave that Denver running back last week. He needs to be felt Right off the bat, like Al always said, he has to feel us in the first series. If he gets off two or three series before we rattle him, JT, it's going to be a hard game. We need to rattle that man the first series of the game and let him know, Max, that you're here for the long run, and he ain't. Let's go, Raiders! You know, he has to go down, I would agree. He has to go down in this game. Max has got to throw him to the ground. I don't want 15-yard penalties, but Mahomes has to go down hard. If Al Davis said it, everybody can live it. Okay, I'm not going to get arrested by the Twitter police by saying that he has to go down hard. Physically demanding game for Mahomes because he wants to extend the pocket. Now, another important point is Derek ran seven times in the last game, and he ran with a purpose. I really enjoyed seeing that. That was, to me, the key to the game. The run that he took off in and was able to call timeout before the end of the half and get those three points, that was critical at the time because I thought the game was going to be decided by three and the Raiders needed those three points. So Josh Jacobs had a big game. Derek Carr threw for less than 200 yards, no touchdowns, but he ran well. So that's a positive. Uh, Darren Waller needs to get going. Devontae Adams needs to get going. And I can't tell you what's going on with Hunter. They're not going to tell me and they're not going to tell you, and nor do I want to know until I look at the inactive list Monday night and to see if he's going to be there. But Hunter Ethno has been gone a while because of concussion protocol. So they are cautious with that, and we wish Hunter the best. And Perryman in protocol. And Andre James was in protocol. I'm telling you, I, I said it first to you. I don't know anybody who beat me to the punch on that one because I was on the air. You know, the Tua thing that happened on Thursday night and all that, I was tweeting live. The game's changing. The commissioner was there. He saw that. He was in Cincinnati. The commissioner now has whispered in hushed tones to everybody, you better be right on your guys who are in protocol. Don't let me find out you let them out early. And I think they're going to be tougher on that. You might see guys out for two weeks. And if it's three weeks for Hunter, it must be pretty serious. And I don't know if it's serious, but he's out there non-contact. So the game is on Monday. Can he clear protocol in time by the weekend? Sure. But he's got to be 100% or close to it. Because Hunter Renfro is a valuable commodity, just like every player in this league. Thanks again to Tyvon Branch. Enjoyed talking to him. Bill Williamson, one of the OGs covering the Raiders. We'll talk about the Kansas City matchup as we're doing a big dive into the Chiefs. Bob Fesco, Kansas City radio host, joining us at the top of the hour. And Vinny Bonsignor. How's that for a Raiders radio show?
Carr, back to pass, pressure from behind, eyes downfield, takes off at the 40, 35-30, still on his feet and dives forward to the 22 and a timeout taken. Derek Carr saw the pocket collapse and he got out of there for a pickup of 19 yards and Josh McDaniels gets the timeout with nine seconds to go. It was a nice play. You know, when they started off that series, I was hoping the Raiders would go the length of the field for a touchdown if they could. But that didn't happen. Longtime Raider insider Bill Williamson kind enough to join us. And, Bill, you've been covering this rivalry for a really long time. Where do the Raiders stand in that rivalry now when it comes to personnel versus personnel? Well, it's interesting. You know, I mean, John Gruden, the former coach, of course, you know, was very open about saying we got we got to match the Chiefs. We got we got to catch the Chiefs, and that's what he was doing with uh, you know a lot of his personnel moves in the offseason was to try to match the Chiefs. And you know they they got closer in 2020, winning at um, at Arrowhead Stadium in 2020, and you know one of the real memorable games of Derek Carr's career. And it's the only game he's beaten them at, at uh, Kansas City. But if you look in total, the, the Chiefs have won eight in the, of the last nine, including two last year by a total of, uh, I believe it's 89 to 23. Yes. So how close are they? I mean, you know, and this year everybody thought, oh, well, okay, the Raiders made a major step forward with Devontae Adams, and the Chiefs took a major step back without Tyreek Hill. And I think a lot of fans and and media as well just kind of assumed that the Chiefs were going to, you know, be like average. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Sons won really sloppy game against the Colts, a bad Colts team, uh, two weeks ago in week three. The Chiefs have been really good. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought that the Chiefs would take a minor step back because they don't have Honey Badger and they don't have Tyreek Hill. And I don't think they replaced them with elite players there. But it's the same old thing with Mahomes playing outside the pocket. And we know that Max is going to chase him down. Max has got a motor. He's going to start to be double teamed. He's going to break off the double team. And I don't know if Mahomes runs to the right, Max could be there. But Chandler Jones has got to be chasing him down, Bill, from the back end. Uh, Mahomes' clock's got to go off a little bit quicker, knowing that Chandler Jones is on the field, and we're still waiting for him to have a big breakout game. Yeah, I mean, it certainly would be the week for it. You know, a lot of people thought maybe it's the Denver game because his success, I think, was 16 and a half sacks against Russell Wilson. They were a long-time NFC West opponents, of course, and we're still waiting for for Jones and his coaches are saying, hey, you know, the stats aren't showing up, you know, on on the sheet, but he is doing some things. But the reality is there hasn't been any real splash plays, and this is the guys the Raiders have given $34 million. And to be a real part of this, they chose him over Yannick. You know, they thought he was a better fit, and he had played in this system, so that makes sense. But he has to get it done, and Max needs help. And there's a number that I've been watching all season long, and, I think Vic Caper tweeted it today or yesterday, but I've been watching this all year. Is uh, Max's snap counts really high? Yes, it is. I think it's ninety-four percent right now. He's barely off the field, and if you look at twenty twenty, his second year, he he got he played a lot, and he wore down towards the end of the year. And he had two big injuries that he had that surgery for. That to his credit, he finished the year, didn't miss any games. He was on the field too much. And, and you know, those sacks numbers were down, right? Because he, he has great pressures, but he, the sacks are there. Well, this year the sacks are coming along with the pressures. But I worry for him that 
if they don't get him off the field at least sometimes and he stays in the 90%, what's he going to be feeling like in, in December? And knowing him, he'll still go, but they need him to be as effective as possible. I think Gus Bradley did a nice job last year. He often kept him in the 70s and early 80s as mm-hmm. far as snap percentages go. And he was more effective last year. So that's just something to watch as the season goes No, I would agree with you. You can't wear out Max Crosby. I mean, it's 17-game season with an early bye week, too. Right, so we get the right. bye week coming in early. You're right about that. Bill Williamson joins us. All right, Bill. So I think the safety position has been exploited by Kansas City over the last couple of years. So they drafted Trayvon Merrick. He had a hip injury. He's back. Jonathan Abram, I have no confidence with him, none, against Kansas City. I think he's a good player, and I think he makes good plays. But against Kansas City, he is a liability, and that's being kind. He's proven that. Now, if they teach him to come in and do some – conservative things in the box in running situations. I'm okay with that, but on a passing down, if Abrams is out there on top of maybe a banged up secondary, uh, Nate Hobbs, I'm good with that secondary still isn't where it needs to be going into arrowhead. In my opinion. Yeah. Rocky said reportedly is on the field today Mm -hmm. with a non-contact Jersey, but that's a good sign. He's on the field. Um, And the game, you know, got an extra day. So maybe he's out there and, Robertson has, has flashed. He's made some big plays, of course, including the first defensive touchdown for the team in nearly three seasons. Um, but, yeah, Patrick Mahomes makes people look silly, you know. does it all the time. He made a, a really good defense look uh, silly on a couple of plays uh, against Tampa Bay. So, yeah, it's something to watch for. And I think more, you mentioned more. I, I think, you know, I don't know if enough people enough was made about when he was out. He's a really good player. And, you know, you take, I, I at least I take, all focus with a grain of salt as mm-hmm. far as their, their grades go. I mean, that's just me. I'm not. I, I'm not discounting it, but I'm not saying it's the end all be all. And I think if you talk to some football coaches, they say the same thing. But he graded out really well when he came back against Denver, so he will certainly help uh, the, the secondary, and they'll need him at Kansas City. Uh, you tweeted out that Patrick Graham has faced Mahomes once as a defensive coordinator last year in the 2017 Kansas City win over the Giants. What would you notice in that game from that game plan that could help the Raiders in this game? Well, you know, I mean, if you look at Patrick Mahomes' numbers, he threw 48 times, uh, 275 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Those, those are modest numbers for, um, you know, for him. I, I don't I, – I, somebody said it might have been a Monday night game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just it, – the Chiefs offense, you know, like every offense, Every great defense, it, it, it has its, it's not on every week, and it wasn't on that week. So, you know, Graham has different personnel, of course, but he'll certainly look, look at that film and see if he can figure some things out. But, again, with Patrick Mahomes, if 275 passing yards is, a, you know, a modest amount, that tells you what this guy's capable of. Thank you, Bill. We'll talk to you in two weeks. I, always have, I love having you on, man. Great information this week. Thank you, J.D. You, you got it, Bill. Bill Williamson, fantastic. Uh, every two weeks, we don't want to wear these guys out. We want them to come on and enjoy coming on. So that's part of our grid. I'm proud of our insider group that we have here. I'll put it up against any radio station in any city that covers the NFL. They were all selected for a reason to come in to bring some level of expertise and love having all our insiders on. Good first hour. All right, Bob Fesco. And me have gone at it a little bit on the radio in the past. It's kinder, it's gentler now, but he's in Kansas City. We'll have him on next. And Vinny Bonson, you're at the bottom of the hour. 
Anybody else on an impassionate Raider out there have the balls to pick the Raiders to win? 702-365-9200. Light them up.